0: Welcome to the Forum from Holy Communion, our weekly conversation about faith, life, art, and politics. This week, for our forum conversation, we present Bishop Dion's Address to the Diocese, which also served as his sermon at the Convention Eucharist. Listen for the bishop's vision for our church, and then join us Sunday for virtual coffee hour at 1130 a.m. to talk about the address and the other goings-on of convention. Jesus said... The harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. In the name of the one holy and living God, amen. Well, it is a good time to be the church. It is a good time to be the body of Christ. It is a good time to follow Jesus. In our gospel for tonight, Jesus has been running around the holy land doing the things that you would expect from the Messiah In the ninth chapter of Matthew's gospel alone, Jesus had healed a paralytic man, rebuked the scribes, called Matthew, a despised collector of taxes, to be his disciple, silenced the Pharisees for the umpteenth time, healed two blind men who couldn't keep their mouths shut, cast out a demon, been accused of being the ruler of demons, and healed a man who had been mute. And he'd done all of this before dinner with a ragtag band of followers who most of the time had absolutely no clue what they were doing, what Jesus was saying to them, and couldn't ask a good question of the Messiah if a good question came up to them and bit them. And Yet, after all of that, after all that Jesus had done, after all the healing and teaching and preaching and proclaiming, Jesus looked with compassion on God's people, he saw them. He heard them. He saw the pain and the hurt, the grief and the loss that those people felt. Jesus looked with compassion on those who had been abandoned, lost, and forgotten. Now, mind you, he didn't look on them with pity. He didn't look on them with despair. He didn't look on them with contempt. Jesus looked on them with compassion, and my sisters and brothers, you and I are called to do the same. In this time of global pandemic, in this time of racial reckoning, in this season of election division, our world, our communities, our neighborhoods, our congregations are filled with people who have been abandoned, lost, and forgotten. Here in Missouri, in our rural communities, Families are seeing their way of life disappear before their very eyes as the populations of small towns and cities face an uncertain future. Generations of farmers and farm workers who sustained and fed our nation are now struggling to plant and harvest their crops. In our urban communities, families wrestle with pollution, lack of affordable housing, and broken school systems, all the while struggling with underemployment and poverty. In almost every corner, we see the ravages of fear and neglect with a longing for a past that is no more. And we who follow Jesus, we still don't always ask the right questions and sometimes still ask all the wrong questions and get it wrong. But we are the ones that Jesus continues to send out as laborers into this harvest. We are sent to bring good news to the lost and the lonely, the abandoned and the abused, the forgotten and the frightened. We are called to walk with compassion alongside our siblings in Christ because the good news of the gospel demands nothing less. I say it is a good time to be the church because, like Jesus, you and I must be companions alongside our sisters and brothers, bringing compassion and hope. Because we know the despair of Good Friday and the triumph of Easter. We are the keepers of the sacred stories that bring liberation and life to God's people because it is in our spiritual DNA to do so. In in 1835, Jackson Kemper was elected to be the Missionary Bishop of Missouri and Indiana, and Bishop Kemper set out to discover what it meant to be a missionary bishop. In his time, Bishop Kemper traveled from the shores of Lake Superior to the Gulf of Mexico by steamboat, on horseback, by stagecoat, and most often on foot. He slept wherever he could in the wilderness or in the hard floor of remote hunter cabins. In one instance, he traveled for four days in order to confirm a young person in northern Wisconsin. And as he traveled, he carried all of his possessions in his saddlebags, vestments, a Bible, Book of Common Prayer, chalice and patent, all of his personal items. Can you even imagine it? And during his tenure, He managed to organize six, count them, six dioceses, consecrated nearly 100 churches, ordained more than 200 priests and deacons, and confirmed almost 10,000 people in his time. And he did this because he followed the gospel mandate to go out into the world and share the good news. Friends, it is a good time to be the church because being mission-minded is in our spiritual DNA. In the five months, six days, eight hours, and 35 minutes, give or take a few, that I have had the honor of serving alongside you as your bishop, I could not be any more proud of the people who make up this diocese. That same missionary zeal to shear the good news of Jesus, to walk in compassion with neighbor, and to cure the social diseases that infect our nation lives in you. I have seen the creativity, innovation, and resilience which is deeply embedded in the soul of our diocese come alive in the face of this time of tremendous challenge. We must now be about the good news of God's kingdom. We must now be about the work of naming and claiming the stories of those who are lost and afraid. We must now be about the work of finding the brokenhearted and loosening the chains of oppression, division, and injustice. In this time of pandemic, this time of pandemic is the time for us to dream the church God has imagined us to be for this time, for this day, for this moment. Friends, this is our time of fermentation. God is birthing something new, something holy, something set apart in each and every single one of us. We are called to be like our spiritual ancestors, Shiphrah and Puah, those two fierce, courageous Hebrew midwives who saved the children of Israel. Like those midwives, we are called to birth a new generation. We are called to create a tomorrow that can only be dreamed of today. You and I are called to join with God in midwifing the church that God has equipped us and visioned us to be and that we have longed for for so long. We must midwife the church that our world needs now. We must midwife the church for those who will come after us, standing on the shoulders of those who have gone before. In this present moment, in this time, in this place, the church is needed more than ever. And we cannot shrink from the work of building the beloved community that God calls us to be. Now, now the work of the church must be about reconciling of all of God's people. We must dream, we must dare, and we must do the work that God has called us to do in this present moment. We can no longer afford to hide our light underneath a bushel basket. We must no longer sit on the sidelines of the work of racial justice and peace. We must no longer be mere bystanders. We must walk and talk and tell and be Christ's compassion to an often broken and hurting world. Let our history inform us that when things are at their most difficult, the church is often at its best. We are now called to offer Jesus our very best. We must not tire in the work of racial reconciliation. We must not get weary in telling the good news of Jesus Christ. We must not waver in caring for God's good creation. We are no longer to be content with simply going to church. We must fix our eyes firmly on Jesus and be the church. We are no longer mere churchgoers. We are followers of Jesus, doers of the gospel, bearers of the light, and ambassadors of love that will change this world. In the words of the African-American spiritual, let us remind each other that sometimes I feel this courage, and I think my work's in vain, but then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. There is a bomb in Gilead, to make the wounded whole. There is power enough in heaven to heal the sin-sick soul. Friends, there truly is a bomb in Gilead. And we need to be about the business of being that bomb. You and I, we are an incarnational church and we must be incarnate in our communities if we are to partner with God in shaping the future that we long for. We must look beyond the doors of our churches into our neighborhoods and communities and walk alongside our neighbors in Christ. We are invited in this season of change to be changed. If we are not willing to change, if we are not willing to risk boldly, to dare greatly, we will see our communities of faith become irrelevant. We will become irrelevant. Irrelevant. We must have a vision of a church where Christ is our compass and our guide. Because a vision without a task is but a dream. A task without a vision is but drudgery. A vision with a task is the hope of the world. And you and I must be the hope of the world. We must ask ourselves some hard questions. Are we willing to claim the stories of our past in order to be set free for God's future? Are we willing to be about the business of raising up followers of Jesus Christ and not just church attenders? Are we willing to preach Christ crucified and risen, knowing that that is all that we have and that in Christ Jesus that that is all enough? Are we willing to risk bold, beautiful failures? In our adventure with God. You see, my sisters and brothers, my siblings in Christ, I dream of a diocese where every Episcopalian is an evangelist telling the good news of Jesus. I dream of a church where every congregation, every community of faith, every ministry is striving and not just surviving because we need congregations and communities that thrive. I dream of a diocese that reflects the wild and wonderful diversity of language, culture, race, orientations, tradition, and identities that God has blessed to live together in this harmony. I dream of a church where we are about following Jesus and being laborers in the harvest. To live that dream, to achieve that dream, we must be inspiration stations. We must be outposts of hope. We must be peddlers of God's unbound joy. It is with that promise that this will be a season of discernment, of discovery and daring for the Diocese of Missouri. I firmly believe that we, as the Diocese of Missouri... We who sit at the crossroads of this nation are uniquely positioned to lead the church into God's wild and crazy, life-giving, love-transforming, hope-bringing, story-sharing dream. Together we will learn to sing a new song. Together we will dream a new church, and together we will walk hand in hand with Christ Jesus our Savior. The gospel for tonight reminds us Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. And so as we embark on this new journey together, as we chart a new course, and as we look towards the future to which God is calling us, join me in telling the new story, the new chapter Join me in singing a new song of midwifing our new community and a new future in hope, in joy, in love. Together we can boldly proclaim, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. God bless you. God keep you. And may God send you as laborers into the harvest. Amen.